Hello, everybody. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Day. That's Andy King. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great, mate. How are you doing? I had the most bizarre thing happen to me. What? Yeah, most what? bizarre thing. Okay, what like what happened? Like, so did I it, was. Did it make you skew with? <laughs> it made me run. Let's it put made... it that way. Oh, I think I know where this is going. So I was out in my little, I've got like a raised, it's not raised bed, but I just put all these like tomato bushes and things in in pots this year instead of digging in. And I am back there and I look up, I'm like, what is that? And it was this massive, I mean, I'm talking, it is the size of a basketball, a hornet's nest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I uh, saw the photo. People, he's not exaggerating. Oh no, I'll 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 drop a video in r- right now oh, just man. so you can see it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, it's it's massive. Can you believe the size of of it? you saw I, I, it? I, I can't mean, like, believe how big it is. I've never seen one that that size. I mean, I've had my share of hornets I've dealt with over the over the years and I usually go at dusk and spray them or even make my own spray and kill them all. Wait, 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 wait. Make your own spray. You can make, yeah. I I forget what I use, vinegar and... um, You're peeing on them or what? (laughs) (laughs) You pee in a bucket. Then you put vinegar in there. Yeah, oh my gosh. No, I don't even remember, but I I Googled it. Yeah. And it works. No way. Yep, and it's, it's, it's... it's harmless to like you know plants and well that's the thing you know for me i i don't want to mess with it because where it's at it's not like a place where we are a lot except for when i'm watering you know and they haven't bothered me yet when you're up yeah yeah (laughs) um so so right now it's okay right right Uh, and my aim i was talking to a friend of mine he's like just let it let it go you know cold and they leave or they die whatever Listen to this though. Someone told me that if you then take it off, yeah, people pay loads of money for them, the hive, for ornaments in like a, a man cave or something like that. Seriously, like people pay serious money, not just like five, ten dollars, like serious amounts of money because it is so unique. That's what blew me away. Was it is so unique? It's really cool looking. How they've made it. And uh, so, yeah, so here's, here's the funny side of the story. So then that day or a few days later, there's a new film that has come out on Netflix, right? Called Man Versus Bee. Have you Ooh, seen this? I have not. So Man Versus Bee, it's the guy who is Mr. Bean. You know, you've seen Mr. Bean, the, the English comedian. Have you ever seen Mr. Bean? Oh, yeah. I thought you said yeah. Mr. B. Is that a Z? Oh, yeah, no. Mr. Bean? It, it has, yeah. So the guy who's... My, my, my dad and my sister love Mr. Bean. Oh, well, so so this is... It's a race. I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah, so Rowan Atkinson is in it, and it's he is like the guy who has been sent to this multi-millionaire's house to look after their house while they go on vacation. Uh, okay, is this reality TV or is this a movie? This is a movie. A movie. It's a movie okay. on okay. Netflix. Okay. And they're short 10-minute, 15-minute episodes, and there's like 10 of them. But it's the story of this guy and a bee gets in the house. Oh, snap. I'm going to check it this It is out. one of the funniest things. Oh, wow. When the police show up, I'm not going to say any more, but when the police show up and he opens the door, is is one of the funniest comedic things I've ever seen. Wow, I, so, can't, I can't wait. Yeah, so that was that was uh, the day that we found the hive was yeah. was one of the days that we then watched this this movie. So yeah, yeah. But why don't you tell us about the guest today that we've got coming on? All right, yeah. Well, Town a friend podcast. of mine, her name is Jody Rosser. She is the host of a podca- podcast. A podcast. <laughs> it's the podcast. She's the. <laughs> I sound British all of a sudden. We're hanging out from you too much, right? <laughs> Jody Rossa is the, the host of Dip Podcast. And oh, wait, she's going to take us on this journey. <laughs> no, no. You no, sounded Andy. more Spanish at one time, man. <laughs> Like, like you know, you 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 work with that Spanish guy. You don't know he's Spanish until he says a Spanish word. Yeah. Like, like, hey, Andy, it's my uh, yeah, 14th anniversary. Me and the missus, we're going out. I got tickets to go see Julio Iglesias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
So, no, our guest today, her name is Jody Rosser. She is from Orange County County Candy. Lots and lots of candy. I can't talk today. Uh, and honestly, oh. so uh, we've already interviewed her. When yeah. I introduced her, I slurred my words. So there you go. I, I don't know. I can't talk today. But um, she has a podcast called Depth. It's an incredible podcast. I highly recommend that you guys listen to it. I had the opportunity to be on a couple of years ago, and she's had people like Lisa Turkers, Mark Madison, and another of uh, uh, so many other authors. And it, she's a, a blogger, heart, Heartbreak to Strength. And she has a new book that is getting released tomorrow. Yeah. Her first book, it's Memoir Depth, and it's her story of, of overcoming heartbreak. And it's so good. So I'm just so excited to have her on today. Well, why don't you sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Jody? This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone. It's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Jody Rosser, is an author, podcaster, and speaker who serves a steadily growing audience through her podcast, Depth, and her blog, Heartbreak to Strength. Having walked through multiple heartbreaks, divorce, miscarriage, and cancer, Jody now inspires women to grow deeper in their faith and to find hope, joy, and purpose through their unexpected storms. For 10 years, she served, served in children's ministry and women's leadership at Saddleback Church in Orange County, and she is a teacher, and she has a brand new book that releases tomorrow. How cool is that? Jody, welcome to Revival Town. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for we are so glad that you are with us. I know um, Chuck is very excited about this new book just because obviously it comes out tomorrow. And uh, so it's great timing for you and for, uh, for what you're doing. But what we want to do right off the bat is we want people to get to know you. And so tell us who Jody is uh, so that people then can understand where you're coming from when it comes to the book that's coming out. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so excited to share about the book. You know what? I had Chuck on my podcast. Was that in 2020, Chuck? I'm trying to remember. I, I think and so, yes, because it was, um, yeah, we did it via Zoom, which obviously, yes, but everybody does now. But um, I, I specifically remember yeah. being at home. I was in my home office at that time when we did that. But yeah, it was great. That's how I got to, got to know you. And it was such an honor to be, to be on the Depth Podcast. When you, you have people like Lisa Turkers and Mark Batterson, I, I, I feel like um, blessed to have been on as well. So, Well, I loved your book, 41 Will Come. And it's kind of fun because I feel like this is my book. The 41 finally came. Yes, I know you prayed about yes. it. I know. So story though I never set out to be an author I'm actually a teacher and I teach science I teach in a stem lab I do a lot and robotics and things like that but sadly I walked through some heartbreaks in my life and one of my greatest heartbreaks was my divorce back in 2014 and at that time God just sent me on a trajectory that I never thought I'd be on and I just read books. I don't know if you can see all the books behind me in my bookcase, but I just started reading like I've never read before, partly to help in my healing. But what I didn't realize at the same time is God was growing my roots deep. Mm. And so this word depth, uh, it came in 2017 and it became the name of my podcast. Little did I know later it would become the name of the book. I always thought the title of the book would be Heartbreak to Strength. And I met with this publisher and she said, I love it when the title is The Promise. And The Promise is our greatest heartbreaks, catapult us to our greatest growth. And that depth is the growth. And that's The Promise. And so she said, I think you should title it The Promise, which is depth. And then say growing through heartbreak to strength. And so the title changed about a year ago. But it is my journey through my three greatest heartbreaks. I talk about my divorce, my miscarriage, and my dear friend passed away to cancer four months. She got got a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and passed away. And so those are my three greatest heartbreaks. And I share what God taught me as I tr walked through all of those and the truths that he taught me. And I have a strength acrostic, which are just some steps that I took as God moved me from heartbreak to strength, not my own strength, 
but strength in God. And so that's a little bit about me in the book. And my ministry was birthed from my pain. I never set out to do any of this, but God just birthed it in the middle of me walking through these heartbreaks. Yeah. Wow. Well, why don't you begin, Jody, by, by telling us the story. You're on a missions trip, right? And um, yes. yeah, you, 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 you witnessed something that obviously in, inspired, and I know you're going to unpack this in, in your book, but you kind of tell us that story. Yes. Okay. Are you talking about the clay pot one? Is that yeah, the one yeah, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, well, when I was walking through my divorce, I was reading a book called The Mended Heart by Susie Eller back in 2015. And in it, she talks about this woman who shares her testimony and she holds up a broken clay pot. And she talks about how the light shines through those broken cracks. And at the time, it just resonated with me so deep. I went into my backyard and I got a ceramic pot and I broke it and I cracked it. It's actually quite hard to break a ceramic pot at first. You have to really kind of slam it against the cement. But once there's a little splinter, it really cracks easily. And God taught me so many lessons that weekend about brokenness. But I put a candle in it and I took shine through, was just breathtaking. And I realized for many years I wanted to be that perfect clay pot. I didn't want cracks. I wanted to have everything perfect, right? The perfect family, the perfect marriage, the perfect kids, but that's not reality. And to be honest, no one connects with you in your perfections. They connect with you in your struggles. And as that light shined through, I could see that for Jesus, because I've walked through these hard things, because I can say, listen, God showed up and he was faithful in the middle of the hard times. You know what? If we're only experiencing things that are good, we're never going to grow deeper. And that's where that growth happened in that hard time. So fast forward to Rwanda. So let me answer your question, Chuck. That was a little detour there, but I just had to <laughs> set up the backstory. So in Rwanda, I went twice. I went with each of my sons. I have two teenagers, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old. But when they graduated sixth grade at our church, you got to go on a missions trip. So in 2015, I had just cracked the clay pot and I went with my son, Kyle, and I brought the clay pot with me, but it was still such a new concept to me and and God did not have any opportunities for me to share. And I don't think I was ready, so I'm grateful. But I went back four years later with my younger son. Now it's 2019 and I've been blogging regularly about brokenness. My book has started to be written. A majority of it was written. And this concept of God doesn't waste our pain. He takes our broken story and uses it to help another hurting heart and uses it in a way we never thought possible was just this message that I was sharing multiple ways. Right. And so now I'm in Rwanda and this opportunity presented itself for me to speak with this group of women. And these women were broken. They had had a hard life. Mm. And it's interesting. It was the very last day we were tired. And our, our leader said, I need someone to share words of encouragement to this, this final group of women we're going to see. I want you to pray about who feels called to do this. I didn't feel like I was being called at that time. So I walked back to my room, completely oblivious of the divine appointment God was going to have, or the divine assignment, I should say. And I get back into my room and we're packing up and there's the clay pot sitting in the suitcase. Mm. It's been to Rwanda twice. The second visit, God says in my heart, these women need your message on brokenness. They Mm. feel broken. You need to share your testimony on brokenness. I was like freaking out at first. (laughs) I was ready to run away. No one knew. I thought maybe I just won't tell anyone, but I realized I don't want to miss what God's calling me to do. So I went to my leader and I showed her the clay pot and I said, I feel like God's asking me to share this. Has anyone else stepped up to share? She's like, nope, you're on when we get there. And I, I started crying. I couldn't stop crying. It was this crazy thing. I got on the bus and I thought I was crying because I didn't feel prepared. But then I realized God had been preparing me for the last four years since the first time I took the clay pot there. And I got up and I shared and I just shared how God doesn't waste our pain. And that that very thing that you had walked through that was hard, that God was going to use that, that that didn't disqualify you. That actually qualified you even more to meet those people in the middle of their brokenness. And it was the most unbelievable experience. Everyone was crying. I was crying with the women there. And said, I want this to be a reminder that God doesn't waste your pain. Wow. It was a really powerful moment. And, and that's actually the conclusion of my book, That Story. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we just went right to the end, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we, went, we went deep. Right? We, we went did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, for those that are listening who are like, well, where can I get the book? What, you know, all of, all of that. It is out on tomorrow. You can pre-order it today on Amazon. Uh, but it does come out tomorrow as well, and it's on Amazon. Um, but share a little bit more. I mean, obviously, and like Chuck said, that that was like the at the end of the the book. But 
there's a lot of story in between there that comes out in the book. Can you just share some of those moments where you you felt like I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. And yet God broke through. Can you just share some of that uh, for us, for the, those that are listening? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know what? I think the beginning is the hardest. So let me start there because I did fast forward quickly to the end. But I have to say real quick that that brokenness in 2015 was just one of the big things that God showed me near the beginning. Sure. And then I see how, how he developed that to the end. But I would say the first year was the hardest. Like my year 2014. And it was my hardest year, but it was my most growing year. And so I don't want people to not to, to mistake the two. I do believe our hardest years can become our most growing years. And so during that time, I mean, some days it was so hard to just get out of bed. Yeah. Uh, I had two boys at the time. They were six and ten. The loss of a family, you know, I'm grieving the loss of a marriage. It was hard. And there were some days that I I just didn't have it in my own strength. And that's why. I talk about it wasn't my strength that got me through this. It was God's strength. And some days the prayer was like, help me, God. Give me strength to encourage my kids. Give me wisdom of what to say. These like cry out prayers, you know, these breath prayers. I did have a lot of times where I would get up really early in the morning. You know, at the time when they're six and 10, they were going to bed at like seven or eight. Right. So I had, I was going to bed probably by nine. And so I would get up around five, four or five. I mean, God would wake me up super early and not every morning. But somewhere, maybe even the years that followed these deeper times, but sometimes it was just survival. I mean, it, when you're going through grief, it hits you not just emotionally, but physically. It drains you. I, I talk about in the book, I, I was like in survival mode. My head was just barely above the water and the waves kept crashing over me. And I just had to get through and cry out to God to get me through that. I was in counseling. It wasn't easy. And so I want to say to someone who's there right now, I talk about that in the book, a lot of what I did at the beginning to survive, right? It's kind of survival at the beginning, but don't think that that isn't important because all of that time you're crying out to God and he's meeting you. I, I just don't know how someone walks through grief without Jesus. Amen. I feel like, Amen. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I, I don't think I could have. And some day, there, there was a Jesus calling devotional that really spoke to me. I would read the one for that morning. It was like God's words just penetrating my heart. You're not going through this alone. You know, uh, it was just this beautiful example of God's intimacy, this depth that he wants in us or wants through us. And, 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 and it happens through this heartbreak. That's where I felt his intimacy more than I ever had before. I thought I had a strong relationship with Jesus before my heartbreaks, but it, I realize now I, I, I didn't even have, mm. have how much God cares and loves me and, and just the way he showed up. And so I would start by saying, just run to him in your pain. You know, you have a choice. You can turn your back and be angry. And don't get me wrong. Anger is still an emotion I had, but I ran to God with my anger and I journaled and I don't understand why this happened. There was swearing at time. I mean, I was just let it all out. I, I was honest with God, but I ran to him with the pain and the anger and the frustration. And then I'd always end it with help me not be bitter. Help me get be as bitter. I think bitterness is something that can easily come in your heart during something hard and you asking the questions why God all that's okay to do and it's normal and I encourage people to do it but just don't run away just mm. run with those questions to God there is a difference and if you turn your back and run away you're going to be alone and you it's already hard enough you don't want to be alone in your heartbreak so yeah, amen. the first so in my acrostic my s for strength is seek God and invite him into the pain that's just the first step and then the next one is T, tearfully allow yourself time to grieve and process the emotions. It's going to take time. You got to meet with a counselor or a support group. With my miscarriage, I went to a support group called Empty Arms. And it was super helpful. And so I really, at the beginning of the book, deal with those hard things. We don't jump straight into, oh, how God's going to use it. He will use it. And I firmly believe that, but that's not the first step. There's two T's in strength. It's really interesting when this acrostic, God dropped it into my head. The T, the second T is the trust God is good. And when your mind doesn't, but that's later, like, yes, you could kind of have that in the beginning, but at the beginning, you're just, you're, you're just running to him with the raw feelings and saying, help God. I, I don't even know how to process this. And so I do think that trusting comes a little later in the process. Right, right. Well, that's so good. You know, I always tell people when you go through heartbreak, when you're, when you're, when your life feels shattered, you always have two choices. 
You can run away from God or you can run to mm-hmm. God. You can blame God. You can run to God. And we know from reading the Psalms, David, he vented vertically, right? He, he vented. That's, it's okay to vent vertically, but it's, there's a difference between venting and blaming and running away, right? And when you run away from God, you're running away from help and you're running away from hope. But when you run to him, you're running to the only one who can sustain you in your suffering, who can rescue rescue you. So I'm so grateful for your transparency and your and sharing your story. I mean, you just lay it all out. Was uh, was this hard? (laughs) Are you mean writing the book? Oh, well, 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 I I mean, was it is it difficult sharing um, your story, just laying your heart out with your readers? Was that was that difficult? You know what? I no, actually, I'm really an open book. I it was difficult, I think, to admit at first that I was going through divorce. I did not want people to know I was a strong Christian and I was embarrassed. And actually, there's a whole chapter in the book on shame. Ooh. There's a whole section. The end in the strength acrostic is never lose sight of God's grace. And there is something about feeling shame when you walk through divorce, because that isn't what God wants for your family. And I didn't want it either, banality. And so I had to work through that. And so I didn't share it with everyone. You know, my kids were young and they didn't want to tell their friends right away. So probably a good, like it happened in January and probably by that October, we started to, we shared it with close friends and family, right? But like to the world was probably October. And actually it was a moment where I got a place in my heart to be vulnerable and just let people know and, and let them know that God was meeting me in the middle of this heartbreak, but this is what was happening with my family. And I knew shame had kind of, Satan wanted me to stuck in the shame. And I was Mm. like, this is one way I'm going to break free from it. And it was not easy, but I then ran into people at school. And when they saw me, I realized they heard it from me. It was, you know, and, and so what, that was probably very hard, Chuck. I'm going to be real honest. I did not want to be divorced, but I now see how God has transformed my life. I have learned empathy, emotional literacy. I didn't know any of that. Be learning that through those years right up to it, but I didn't have even this tools in my tool belt that I now do. And I know that that was because of that. Because I walked through that, then I had to go learn these schemes. I was in counseling and growing. And, and so I actually, um, what's so weird now when I think about it, it was the catalyst. It was what catapulted me. And good, why? Why would we grow and become better versions of ourselves? It's like everything's going well. What causes that kind of being thrust into growth is pain. And sometimes it's pain that you cause. Sometimes it's pain brought on from circumstances and life out of your control. But that is what catapult it's like i'm being flung into this place where i can grow it's a choice many people don't but you can choose to have it grow leave me bitter i want it to make me better and i think that there's a there's a chapter in the book called embrace the chisel and i think think that refine us and it's not fun who wants to have that happen to them right Uh but it is necessary for him to take you to the next level and one of my favorite chapters in the book is chapter 11 called Growing Deep Roots. Of course, you got to know that's one of my favorites because depth is the title of the book, right? Yeah. But I share this story and I, I would love to share it with you guys because I feel like this is what I think a lot of people experience. So there's, I heard this through uh, Tony Evans' book, Detours. And then I guess it's been shared a bunch of other places. It's kind of like a parable about ferns and bamboo. So a man goes into the forest and he's just done with God. He feels like, God, why do you have me in these circumstances? I don't understand. And he's ready to turn away and walk away from God. And and he gets one last cry out like, God, where are you? Talk to me, you know? And God says, look around. What do you see? And he goes, I see ferns and I see bamboo. And he goes, okay, well, ferns immediately start growing. As soon as they're planted, they start growing. And you know what? Bamboo, he says, for the first five years, there is no growth above the ground. Bamboo, at that, you'd say, this plant's not thriving. This plant is not even alive, right? Where is it? But God's growing it down because he knows that this plant is going to be 100 feet tall. And for a bamboo to be able to withstand that, that height of 100 feet tall, it has to have five years of depth first. Mm. And, and so in that story, he's like, I'm not forgotten about you to this man i'm just doing internal growth that you can't see that no one else is seeing because if you want to go to these new heights that i have planned for you you have to do that internal growth first yeah. he's not going to take you up and have you fail right bamboo right. would just fail if it grew up first it would fall so god's like why why would i need you to that no i'm going to grow you deep first and that's that unseen internal heart work that happens between you and god and a lot of times what starts that pain heartbreak mm 
The thing that you don't want to go through is what leads you to that place. But then once you've experienced it, you're like, oh, I just want my roots to keep growing. But isn't that interesting? The, the, the thing, I don't want to be a fern. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ferns are beautiful, but I want to be bamboo. I want God to keep taking me to new Amen. heights because I have had him grow me deeper first. And so that is one of the other believe that the very thing you're going through that you don't want to be experiencing right now, the cancer diagnosis, the loss of a loved one, the divorce, the miscarriage, the infertility, whatever it is, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is going to use that very thing to grow you deeper than you've ever grown before if you let him. Yeah, you know, uh, I've shared this maybe once on the podcast, I'm not sure, but um, many years ago, uh, we were having our uh, second, third sec, uh, third child, and um, we were about 20, into mid, mid-20 weeks uh, along in the pregnancy, and we uh, we went in to find out the sex of the baby and when we got in there um, we found out that the baby had a condition called anencephaly which basically means there was um, there was a brain stem but no brain there was a heartbeat because the brain stem was keeping the heart alive but there was no brain whatsoever no activity I'm and, so sorry. and there was there was a um, you know, a time, and the other thing that was even scarier was uh, a risk for my wife's life as well because she was filling up with the amniotic fluid that is toxic, um, especially with some of the nervous reactions that the baby was doing. And so we went through the, the birth, and um, Emma lived uh, for a few hours and, and passed away. And it was one of those things where at the time we were like, what on earth? is going on we we couldn't understand it mm-hmm. we couldn't figure out what was going on we were in the middle of ministry we were uh you know we'd already we're doing a lot of stuff um and yet and and literally i mean this this was many many years ago just this week there's a, a lady that mm. my wife follows on instagram and she is going through they just found out this week that they are going to have an anencephaly baby, not going to survive. Mm-hmm. And my wife reached so out and was was able to really and is working with this this gal. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even then, obviously, back when that this happened, we would never have wanted it to happen to anyone, right? But yet, God is now using it, even twenty years later or, or so. Um, to, to help someone and it's right when you're going through the pain Chuck mentioned it you can either blame God or you can just cry out to him but then he takes it and is able to then really uh, impact someone else's life mm. and uh, and it takes time I think some people they yes. jump into that too quickly and and then it it comes up too quick and affects them even more again um, but with time you're able to then speak into that for sure. Have you have you noticed that, like some of the things that you've been able to, obviously you've addressed it in the book, but is that coming out of what you have done with, with the pain that you've gone through? Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry for that loss. That was devastating. And I think that, I think that is so true. I think we can help people that we wouldn't have been able to help if we hadn't experienced what we walked through, right? So your wife's able to walk along and help that one because she's walked through those same circumstances. The H in my acrostic, this is my favorite part, it's honestly share your story and help another hurting heart. And that's what your wife's doing right now. She's helping another hurting heart. She's just been a, sometimes you're just a year or two ahead. Obviously for her, it's many more years, but that was my reality. So one, about a year or two after my miscarriage, I got a phone call from my friend and she said, Jody, a lady at my church is walking through a miscarriage at 16 weeks, just like you lost your baby. Could you help her? Could you speak some truth into her? Can you just talk to her? And I, at the time, didn't even realize what that yes would mean. It brought such healing to my heart to be able to share my story and help another person. It almost brought my healing a little bit more full circle. And 
her name was Clarissa. And so she, um, I would just text or we didn't text. It was email, but that time back then it was a little bit, email was big and we emailed back and forth and I would just offer her some things that I did. You know, we planted a tree in memory of our baby. And so I gave her that idea and just kind of sharing life. And it brought her such healing at her service that she had for her baby. They shared the CD. I'd sent her a book and a CD and the song was called Glory Baby. It's this beautiful song about how your baby's now in the arms of Jesus. For anyone that's lost a baby, this is just a beautiful song. And I I guess they played it at the service and then the pastor spoke about this woman that had come into her life and that was helping her. And when my friend shared that with me, I just had tears like, God, you didn't waste the pain. Yeah. I don't know why we walk through pain. I, I, I'm not ever going to understand. But one thing I know for sure is God doesn't waste it. Your pain can then come along and help someone else that's walking through the same circumstance. I couldn't have helped this woman if I hadn't had the miscarriage mm. at the same exact time. And I didn't want that in my storyline. I would have much rather had the baby, right? But I couldn't help her if I had. And so I, I it doesn't make the pain less. The pain is still real very real but it gives purpose to it and when there's purpose to our pain it makes it a little more easy to walk through and i don't think that purpose that later and i same with my my divorce another friend of mine two years later same thing i was able to walk it and help with her and same with the loss of my friend it wasn't the same thing cancer but she lost a friend for another reason i was able to help her but yes all three heartbreaks there was a person a couple years behind me that I was, I kind of look at like a bridge, right? So sometimes we're in the middle of the bridge. We're like, we need help. And someone walks back and helps. And then sometimes we've taken a step across the bridge and there's another person in the middle and we walk that and help that person behind us. I just think that heartbreak is what connects you to people in a way you can never, but who better to help someone to walk through that someone that's had a miscarriage, who better to help someone that's walked through those circumstances, Andy, that you just shared with your baby someone that has those exact circumstances right i just think that's one of god's redeeming Mm. ways he takes our heartbreak and gives it purpose yes i love that you know um there's a scripture that says god collects all of our tears and he he keeps them in a bottle he records each one in his book and really what that means is he remembers god doesn't forget right and he gives you the strength to share your story to use as as levi lesko would say your pain as a microphone and that's what you've done because i mean the 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 three major heartbreaks that you've encountered out of those three things you have launched a blog a podcast now you have a book that's released tomorrow that's going to help so many people and i i love that so talk to us about the, the prayer and true statements at the end of each chapter you include a true statement and, and a prayer, and we know that that's going to help a lot of people, because in a moment, in a few minutes, we're going to ask you to pray for our listeners, but why don't you real quick talk about that, because that separates your book from a lot of books. Yeah, so I've read many books, and one of my favorite books was When God Doesn't Fix It by Laura Story, and it was one I read in 2016. I was really struggling still with the heartbreaks that my friend Maybe it was 2015. But anyways, my friend Jeannie ended up passing in 2016. So there was just so much grief. I had the divorce and then two years later, the loss of a friend. It was like so much was happening all at the same time. And at the end of her book, she has a truth. She has a myth and a truth. And the myth is what sometimes we think. And then there was a truth statement. And those just really resonated with me. And so I wanted to do something a little different. I thought, I just want a truth statement. This this thing that they can cling to. And so my chapters are really short. When someone's walking through grief, they do not have time to read a lot. So they're about 2,000 words. That's about double a blog post. And there's a little bit of a story at the beginning. It starts with the memory verse, a little bit of my story from one of the three storylines, and then a lot of like truth that God taught me or a teaching or a Bible story or something there. And then it ends with a prayer and a truth statement. And so, you know, um, the you know, it's interesting, Chuck, my first version of the book didn't have the prayer. I worked with a book coach uh, at the very end back in 2021. And he, I had a prayer at the end of my forgiveness chapter. And he's like, why don't you add a prayer at the end of each chapter? This is beautiful. And I was mm. like, oh, I never even thought of it. And it's one of my favorite additions to the book Love it. is yeah. these prayers because I wrote them in first person. So the person could pray it just like they were praying it to God. It's not like in you. The very first one's in you because I'm praying that over the reader for the book. But then all the rest of them are in I form. And it, it was... It was something that I just thought, what would I need to say at that moment in time to God? And so I wrote these prayers. So I hope they're beneficial people. I hope they help connect them more to God. And then those truth statements, it's kind of like a statement just to cling to in the middle of the pain. Sometimes you don't remember everything. So it's just one little tidbit to kind of put in your head 
and kind of cling to as you're walking through the heartbreak. Mm, love it. Well, can you take a moment and pray for our listeners? As I know there's people listening. There are people watching. This is on YouTube as well. And uh, obviously oh, cool. there could be um, a young woman who just experienced a miscarriage, perhaps somebody who feels shame because they've gone through a divorce or somebody who's lost a friend or a family member to cancer. Obviously there's so many different things. And uh, when you take a moment and, and pray for our listener, pray for those watching those that are hurting and crushed by life right now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read the prayer from my book, if that's okay. So here's sure. my book. A- absolutely. It's actually the very first pray over the person reading my book. So this is the prayer I would pray over someone walking through heartbreak. God, I want to lift up the hurting soul who's reading this book. I know in the midst of the devastation, it's hard to see you. I'm sorry. Let me say it again. It's hard to see how you can redeem all of the tears and pain. Please wrap your loving arms around her grieving heart. Empower her daily as she begins this healing journey. Allow her time to process the hurt as she seeks you and help her develop depth in her faith. Take this heartbreak and turn it into the strength that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much uh, for that and for what you have shared. I know you will have helped so many today. And with the book coming out tomorrow, you're going to help so many more. Go get the book! Yeah, yeah, go and get the book and make sure that uh, you're connecting with Jody. Now, Jody, we want people to know how they can connect with you, whether that's social media, website, uh, the book. Can you just... Give some practical ways that people could connect with you. Yes. So my website's probably the best because all my my resources are there. So the blog and the podcast and the book link is all on that. So that's jodyrosser.com. And my name is J-O-D-I-R-O-S-S-E-R.com. And then the social media, I Instagram and Facebook. I actually just joined TikTok. Chuck, yes. you have amazing TikTok. I, I just a work in progress over there, but um, hey. I don't even know what my handle is over I, there. You I, know, I, I, I don't, I know, I don't. <laughs> Maybe it's just Jody Rosser. <laughs> yes. So, so everybody go follow Jody Rosser. And then regarding TikTok, I've been very intentional the last couple of years. So I've been doing some TikTok coaching. So feel free to reach out anytime. But I hope our listeners and our viewers will connect with you. They'll follow you. Go to the website. And your, your podcast is a exceptional podcast. It really is. Thank so you. especially women who are listening, I know it'll resonate with you. It's for everybody. But I, I just, I, the, the, the stories that you share and the authors that you bring on, it's just really, really good stuff. So we encourage our, our people that are listening and watching today to, to go check it out. But um, obviously Thank go you. to amazon.com, get the book right now. Yeah, and I know that prayer that I read at the beginning said her, but the book is for anyone. I think my primary audience is women, just because I'm a woman, but it could be read by, uh, that's the only time I use that pronoun. Everything else is, the prayers are all in I form. So um, I think anyone could read the book, man or woman, but Absolutely. That, I'm realizing now that that prayer said she. So I didn't want anyone to think the book's not for <laughs> a man as no, well. No, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yep. There's, I'm sure some guys out there struggling, hurting, yeah. that that need it. You're going to speak hope and truth into their lives as well. So I'm so, so proud of you. Thank you for writing it. It's really cool to, to see how God just took you on the journey and opened the right doors and his right timing. And then bam, here we are. It's go time. Well, talk about yeah. go time. We are uh, close to coming to an end of this conversation. But one of the things that we do on Revival Town every week is the big three. Three big questions three. that everyone's wanting to know. So, Joe, you want to start us off with the first all one? All right, let's do yes. it. Yeah, all right. My first question is, obviously, you've had a number of authors on your on your show, on your podcast. You have a number of books behind you. For those that are watching YouTube, they can see the bookshelf behind you. Can you just name one or two books that stand out, that that blessed you, or that God delivered to you when you needed it the most? Yeah, so I have two life-changing books. Um, my first one is How We Love Our Kids. It's a parenting book. It's called. It's by Mylin and Kay Yurkovich. And this is the book that started me on my path of self-awareness. Before that, I would like to say I was unaware of just things about myself. And it's a great book. It's about the little changes towards your kids. And so it's really a book about you, diving deeper into you. What happened in your childhood? What's, what's your triggers? It's just, it's a really amazing book. There's a version of it for a marriage as well called How We Love. And Mylon and Kay are phenomenal. They've been a lot on Focus on the Family. And they're actually my second episode on the podcast. And I actually re-aired them just this last summer. 
because it's such great content. If you're a parent, I highly recommend it. But there, that book changed my life. I give that book or tell people about that book all the time. Life changing book. So that's my, I read that in 2011 and it kind of opened me up to like, oh, there's things about myself I need to work on. Okay. So that was that self-awareness <laughs> book. And then in 2012, I wrote, I read Unglued by Lisa Turkhurst. And so that took it to a step further of like, oh, I'm this reactor, you know, that kind of gets angry really easily instead of stuffery, right? She talks about how you react to your emotions. And so it was just another great book to kind of continue my path of self-awareness. And so I would say those two books changed my life. Um, All right. They weren't books I read in the middle of my grief, this beginning of my trajectory. Yeah. And then the <laughs> Laura story, When God Doesn't Fix It, was just one of my favorite books in the middle of the grief. Great. All, All right. right. Way cool. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah. so this has been a little bit heavy of a podcast, right? Especially the topic that you, you really focus on, which is amazing. But what do you do for fun? Oh, well, I love to read. And my favorite place to read is the beach. I'm actually going there today with a friend and I just go down there and I love to just sit at the ocean and, and read. And I, I do this thing where I throw rocks. So let me explain what it is. So I got this idea from Maria Goff's book and she like releases things that are frustrating, but I just go and anything that's going on in my life, it's my chance to surrender it to God. So I'll pick up a rock for each of my sons and whatever they're going through, I'll just pray over them. And then I throw the rock and that's my saying here, God, I give them to you. You know, this is my prayer request. I throw a rock for my book. I throw a rock for my podcast. I throw a rock for just whatever's going on in my oh, life that I cool. want to release. What's that lady doing? Because I kind of walk back and forth and I'm talking to myself, but I'm praying, right? But it's this beautiful act of surrender. So I love to do that when I'm at the beach as well. I am a very much high adventure. So if I'm with my boys, I love zip lining. I love all all the fun things. We we every summer we do a vacation and we do all the fun things like that, whitewater rafting. So that's that's another yeah. thing I like to do Good. for fun. Yeah. I, I just like throwing rocks at Chuck. Yes, that's just, yes. That, that releases my tension. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the church I lead is called Rock Church. Yeah. Why, so many people are throwing yeah, rocks at me. I'm like, you know what? We're Rock Church. No, no. So hey, maybe maybe that's your second book, throwing rocks. Hey. Maybe, maybe. Um, all right. Last question is is this? Um, what is Something that you binge watch, anything you feel like sharing, any show, I mean, you and your boys, um, when you're in your spare time watching shows, like for my family, we watch a lot of King and Queens, but um, what's, what's something, um, something you binge watch? Okay, so I love spy shows, so back younger, I loved Burn Notice, I don't know if you ever heard that show, it was on USA. Yeah. So I, I got all the DVDs and then I watched them again with my kids. So that was one of my favorite shows. Um, I again, I love the Hallmark Channel, but, you know, that's a little sappy sometimes. But I, I love. So, OK, so my kids and I, I like to connect with them what they like and they love, love stranger things. And so I've gotten on board with that because they love it. It yeah. wouldn't be probably I would never have probably picked out and watched that by myself because that's not really my thing. But it's been this amazing time of connection with my kids. And it's been a lot of fun when they first released when they were younger you know we'd wait in line back before you could pick your own seats and saw all the avengers and everything um as they were growing up so yeah that's good. just a little good, bit good. Of we've, we've, like. we've talked about stranger things on yeah the we're, we're big yeah. stranger yeah. things we, guys so. my, my my son's really into it as well yeah. so um good stuff thank you jody it's well, been fun well jody yeah. thank you so much for coming on revival town podcast today uh, everyone listening, make sure you go and get the book. It comes out tomorrow. Go to Amazon and pick it up uh, or go to Jody's website and uh, you'll be able to see that. And make sure you're following her as well on this journey that she's going on as she releases this book and as she starts to really impact people's lives. Yes, and, and if you go to her TikTok, you can, you can see interviews with the guests that she's had yep. on Depth Podcast. Great. Well, yes. thank you so much, Jody. Check, I'm going to add yours soon. I'm going to add hey, yours it's all soon, good. Chuck, it's so all we'll good. have a clip of yours soon. <laughs> oh, you're going to see them views go down on that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Jody, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon, hopefully. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, good stuff, mate. What'd you think? That was good. That was good. I mean, I know it's a bit of a a serious topic what they were what we were talking about, but I do think that people are going to really uh, connect with her. Yep. Not so much. I mean, they'll connect with her during the podcast, but also 
getting the book and things like that. So. Yes, yes. So go follow Jody Rosser right now. Get get the book tomorrow. It's going to be good. It's good timing. That was you. You, you booked her on the right time there. Yeah, right. <laughs> How cool was that? Well, originally, she was going to come on sooner, and then she rescheduled. Um, and she talked about Stranger Things yeah. because the Stranger Things premiere was coming out, and she was going to – she had this special th- thing with her, her, her son. I love that. She's just a great, a great mom. Yeah. Spent some time with the boys, and, you know, um, yeah, it worked out. It was a God thing. God so timing. we were bumped for Stranger Things. We were bumped for Stranger Things. I, I guess Stranger so. Things have happened. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, so you know what it's time for? Tate and his mate. Tate and his mate. All right. And, and, and I wish at this point it was smell-o-vision because uh, right now, uh, if you can, I don't think you'll be able to see it behind me. No, you can't. But uh, we have a toaster going. Ooh, yeah. What's going on toast. there? So what I wanted to do today was uh, not get you to guess something, but taste something. Now, I've done this before, right? Yep, Bought yep. some nice treats in. Yep, yep. Today is a little bit different. So it's, it's not a nice treat. Well, um, it, it's it's um it's a, in England a lot of people like it. Okay, I am not. not too, that's not too promising. I am not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Now some people love jumping off roofs <laughs> into into like two feet of water in a swimming pool. I'm not one of them. But I want you to do that, Chuck. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. but I so, did bring two pieces of bread that okay. we will both do this. Partake together. Okay. So this is like the British communion. British communion. British, yeah, British communion. All right, so Tate and his mate, usually I have to, I have to guess a slang word that's common in, in Britain, but not here. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, it's, ooh, the, ooh, the toaster, the toaster toast, You keep, keep talking. How keep, cool is that? So sometimes talking. it's, it's a treat where I get introduced to a snack or something that is common to eat in Britain. All right, so today I am not guessing a word. Andy literally brought a toaster from home, set it up in the office, our studio today, and the two pieces of bread that have since turned into toast have popped out. He has them on plates. He is sliding across the table to me. Hold on. He's not yet, not yet. Okay, so. Okay, I'm ready. uh, if, If I said to you, what is Marmite? What would you think? If Marmite. Marmite? M-A-R-M-I-T. Marmite. I would say that in Britain it's kind of like a termite, but it's called a Marmite, and they don't infest homes, they infest food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are going to try Marmite. I am not going to say what it is. Oh, Okay. I'm going to let you try it. And then I have to guess what it and is. And then you've got to tell the, the crowd what it is. So let me change the, uh, the shot to you because we want to get your face eaten. Marmite. So, Marmite. It's mm. legit stuff, right? Legit. Mm. Let me, let me show you this. I don't know if it looks let like. Me show you. Now, are you, are you sure that the hornets that you talked about at the beginning of this podcast episode Marmite, Marmite. There you go. Concoct is, is is that the hornet's version of honey? <laughs> okay. <Ew. laughs> Looks like prune, prune sludge. I'm just gonna put it on. <laughs> I don't know. If I... <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the corner. It looks, it looks if, like jelly. Looks like if honey. Want, so if, if you're if you're watching the podcast right now, you can see this. But for most of our listeners, why don't you yeah, show them uh, so what you're eating? I'm gonna, Sean. Can you see it? Yep, yep. So it looks like chocolate spread on there. It almost looks like, um, oh, my daughter loves the chocolate spread. It's called, um, what's the hazelnut spread? N- Nutella. Oh, yeah, Nutella. Nutella. My daughter, Savannah, loves Nutella. So okay. It looks like I haven't Nutella. had this since I moved from England, and I really? didn't like it then. So, so how uh, did you, did you order it? Uh, I found it at, at Aldi? Schnucks at the <laughs> International Aisle. I'm like, if you say Aldi again, I'm going to be, what's going on with Aldi's? <laughs> All, All right, right I'm, I'm going to put a close-up on you to, to okay. eat it. Okay, let's go All for right. it, go for it. <laughs> you don't like it? You don't like Marmite? Marmite. 
It's horrible. <coughs> I was expecting it to be sweet, peanut buttery, maybe honey, jelly. Mm. I don't know why Brits what, love what? that. No. No. I can't do it. All right. You, I'll it's let it's you, kind of bitter. I'll let you read what it is. Tell everyone what it is. I don't know why people like that. Okay. Contains hornet's urine. <laughs> what are you doing to me? No. Um, yeast extract, salt, carrot, and onion juice. Concentrate vitamins and natural flavors. That's it. So turn it around and st- what, what's the description of, what does it say? Oh, yeast extract. Yeast extract. So it's like, it tastes a bit like beef stock. Wouldn't you say like a beef spread? Almost, but it's, it's got a lot of sodium in it. I'm going to look and see how many grams of sodium it has. Yeah, 340 milligrams of sodium. I don't, I don't know why mm. people like it. And it's just, obvi- and it's a little itty bitty bottle of it. And, um, woo, yeah, no, thank you. You don't like that? I don't like it. Do you? No. Okay, well. But, you know, you got, you got to take the bad with sometimes the you good know, that we I, have. But it was fun. Hey, you know. you know. And, and you totally got me because I really was expecting it to be sweet or... Um, we, you, uh, know, you know, there's a rule in England. You can't leave anything on your plate. Mm, okay, so, so I got to take one more you bite. Got, you got to get it down. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay, well... <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. And as, if you were watching this, you would have seen us, Eden. If you're listening, jump onto our YouTube page and you'll be able to watch uh, the whole show. Yeah. And, uh, we, we, you know, we, we have a bit of a laugh, but sometimes watching us is even funnier than, uh, right, right. than listening. Not, not that we're not funny if you're listening, but, you know, looking yeah. at Chuck's face is always funny, right? Hey, hey. Uh, so, um, so, anyway... Um, Thank you again for being along for the ride today with us. And uh, we will see you next week. Next week. Can't wait. It's going to be good. Revival Town Podcast is back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com.